I have the first word in ubiquity. Oh, no, so do I. Oh, come <laughs> on. Oh. Game <Fight>! Hello. <laughs> Hi there. Hello. Welcome to Date Fight. Date it's the podcast up. that's all about McDonald's. Uh, no, it's right. It's the podcast where we take things ordinarily. Uh, we take a couple of things that occurred on this yeah. day in history and pitch them against each other. This happens from time to time. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah, it's happening. I think, you know, to make up for not having a second one, maybe we'll just um, list types of date at the end and then see if we do the most. Okay. Just to justify the title. Mm-hmm. He's Jake, yeah. I'm Nat Tatley. Magital. I'll have Bagsy Magital. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's the only kind of date I know. And together we have trawled through the supermarket of history to find the loo paper of entertainment and to distribute it to your house from a safe distance. Stoned. Yeah. That's the, oh man. Uh, <laughs> and disastrous. That's the one I'm most familiar with. I'm going to take you to. To 1955. No. 1755. I was going to. Do we not do the same one? <laughs> April 15th, 1755. Absolutely not. Oh, Carry on. Okay. So I could take <laughs> what a you twist. To... <laughs> Got you all going. Uh, I've got the first word in words. Uh, Samuel Johnson publishing the first English dictionary on 15th of April, 1755. Samuel Johnson. Absolutely did not have that. (laughs) Dictionary of the English language, uh, which wasn't the first dictionary at all. There had been loads of them. There had been 20 dictionaries previously published. Um, Not really. They didn't really have a format. Often they were just lists of words with, like, you should know all these words. Um, in fifteen eighty three, Richard. It can't be what it looks like on my through my handwriting. Richard Molester. It can't be Richard Mulcaster, <laughs> headmaster, put together a table of eight thousand words. Um, mm-hmm. He said it were a thing very praiseworthy if some well learned would gather all the words in the English tongue into a dictionary. And he spelt the word tongue, T-U-N-G, proving that he needed a dictionary. <laughs> um, next entry, we had Robert Cordry's Table Alphabetical, which consisted of 2,449 words, uh, but left out any beginning with W, X or Z, because he didn't like them. <laughs> In seventeen. Happy birthday, we've got you. <laughs> yeah, a zebra, a xylophone, <laughs> and winnets. Um, in seventeen twenty-one, Nathan Bailey published his dictionary, which had forty thousand words in, which is almost as many as Samuel Johnson. Samuel Johnson took—is um, it ten years? He took quite a while to write his. It was nine years. He took nine years to write his dictionary um, right. because a group of publishers came together and said, "Look, we just don't know all the words and how to spell them. There's no real way." Um, so could someone come up with a one source for all of the words? And so he took 1,500 guineas, which is the equivalent wow. today to £250,000, and said it would take him three mm. years. It actually took him seven before he started publishing the first bits. I was going to fill this with a lot of false definitions, but he actually put enough jokes in that I didn't have to. Um, oh, really? Including monsieur, a term of reproach for a Frenchman. Ha! <laughs> Patron, Patron, which he began with a sensible definition and said one who supports, um, but then said commonly a wretch who supports with insolence and is paid with flattery, because he didn't like his patron very much. Blimey. Uh, Writative, 
which he said was a yeah. word of Pope's not to be imitated. <laughs> uh, also, he just sometimes he just the reason he came up with his own rules for doing thing and things which had nothing to do with the way people had written them before. The only reason we spell ache a c h e is because he liked Greek words and thought it looked better as a c h e as opposed to a k e. Otherwise, ache would have been a k e. That always had been really yeah. And for also, goodness sake, he wasn't <laughs> he wasn't even consistent. Um, so receive and deceive. He have both, of course, reception and deception. Um, but receipt and deceit. Receipt kept its p, and deceit lost its p, just because he couldn't remember which way he was doing. So it. he's the prong. Yeah, that's he's all the one. Samuel Johnson. It's him. Yeah. I'm sort of some oh the cultural idiosyncrasies of a melting pot culture with blah blah. No, no it's him. Yep. just being drunk. Yep, <laughs> just forgetting what he'd written down under the D's. Wow. Going, oh, let's keep the P in this one. He took the, he took P. the P out. <laughs> well, that's Samuel Johnson, whose first dictionary, his first dictionary, not the first dictionary in the English language, but the first dictionary was written on the. Uh, 15th of April, or was published 15th of April, 1755. Now let's go to the other thing, which isn't this. Hooray! I'm just writing this down, Samuel. <laughs> he's on the list. John, he's on the list. Right. <laughs> I'm going to the 15th of April, 1955. Ooh. Now, when I said words, I said the last, the first word in ubiquity. Mm. It is effectively the beginning of the franchise of McDonald's. Oh, Ray Coke. Uh, it was, yeah, Ray Krug uh, joined McDonald's the year before. Mm -hmm. uh, the McDonald brothers had sort of franchised out six s stores, uh, but um, this, it, it was, how do you say his name? Coke, I think, isn't it? Or is it Croak? Maybe Croak. Not, it? Let's have a look. Crutch. It could be Crotch if there's a cedilla <laughs> on there, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, whatever. Uh, he was the guy who said, right, I'll tell you how you do it, right? Because normally, they, they, before that, they would do franchise in terms of uh, territories. Right. So they say, right, if you want to do all the Louisiana McDonald's, fine, do that. But then, of course, McDonald's had the idea to do, or just do one time, and we'll still kind of own all of the stuff. Mm. Uh, Ray Krug. Krug. Let's do Krug. Mm. Whatever. Uh, he was an ambulance driver for the Red Cross at the age of 15 years old uh, during the First World War. He lied about his age. He worked next to Walt Disney, bizarrely. Oh. And uh, he had various jobs during the Depression and stuff. He was selling paper cups. He worked selling houses in Florida. And sometimes he played the piano. Oh. Then he was working as a milkshake mixer salesman. And this is where mm. he found out about McDonald's because he was, he was going round... Uh, restaurants and diners and stuff selling milkshake mixers and he was like these mcdonald's ones are really great these are really very good and so he went up to them and said i think that you've got something here and i want to i want in mm. uh and it was because it was very clean it was very wholesome and uh he said in my experience hamburger joints are nothing but jukeboxes payphones smoking rooms and guys in leather jackets that sounds a bit better. no he didn't say that he said, yeah <laughs> he said i wouldn't take my wife to such a place and you wouldn't take your wife either so you don't know I'd my take wife my wife yeah <laughs> um and so uh yeah, from there, of course, it turned into a massive thing, and he made millions and millions and and all the rest of it. Good but thing. it was it was it was one of those sort of things where the the McDonald brothers 
had sort of got it so far, but he was the one yeah. who really took it into the global. Have you seen the movie The Founder, starring Michael Keaton as Ray Kroc? Oh, no, I have not. Crotch, I think. Crotch. <laughs> it's, it's good. It's Michael Keaton being Michael Keaton. Um, I really like Michael Keaton. I interviewed him once. Oh, did you? He was so nice. Uh, for Six Music, I think. And um, I ended up um, talking to him, teaching him how to say art. Uh, in the way people do it in southeast London. And he told me a story about how he'd gone drinking in a bar, like in the East End, on, on the Isle of Dogs. He'd gone to a lock-in all night in a bar on the Isle of Dogs. Amazing. He's cool. I like him. He's very I'm cool, dude. And it shows him stealing the McDonald's franchises from the McDonald brothers. Oh, is that is that how they're painting it? That's how they paint it in the film, yes. I th- oh, wow. It's a better movie that way than Man Helps right. Two People with Franchise Operation. <laughs> which is the- yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair. Did you find, uh, looking at April 15th, today, I wish every day were April 15th, because there were loads of things for April the 15th. I think there were probably 20 or 30 things we could have picked for today, whereas some of this week has been a struggle. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, kind of. Don't care. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean... Yes. <laughs> the thing is, I, what I do is when I see the list of all the things that happened on, on the day, when we're choosing, like, I'm drawing back the velvet curtain here, yeah. uh, and I see all the list of all the things that happened on this day in history, and I'm trying to pick one. I basically knock out anything that happened before about 1300 because it's going to yeah. be too hard, and I'm not going to know what I'm doing. <laughs> and then I knock out anything involving like the, the English Civil War or yeah. royalty and stuff because I'm like, I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And it just wouldn't be fair to do that. You know, it'd be like sort of sitting in front of a really brilliant trumpet player and having a go on the trumpet. You know what I mean? And they'd have to sit there and watch you do it, oh, twitching. So I don't do that in front of you. So then, you know, if I find something populist and fun that's not really very significant, like if I get, if I got a bit of the McDonald's story wrong, which I did, I can't even pronounce the guy's name. No one cares, you know what I mean? Whereas yeah. if I mess up the Stuarts mm. or something like that, people are going to be like, oh, who is this guy? <laughs> Where I know people are doing that anyway, but that they that's my psychology. Bye. And that's how we make date fight. Now, birthdays. <laughs> Don't forget, if you want to become a Patreon. <laughs> Thank you, by the way, to the patrons. Uh, you make all oh, of this so possible. Much. You really do. Yeah, I, I, I don't. <laughs> Uh, happy birthday to Guru Nanak, the founder of Sikhism, who was born in 1469, which, weirdly, although I've never thought of it like that, makes him a rough contemporary of Henry VII. Um, he, but instead of founding the Tudor dynasty, Guru Nanak wandered <laughs> around. He went on five different pilgrimages, one to each of the four cardinal points on the compass, and another one, I think he just went to Lahore, who just went there for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, when he was a child, uh, people knew he was special because one day he went to sleep and a tree moved its shadow to keep him in the shade so he wouldn't be disturbed. Um, so that definitely happened. Um, then he be- <laughs> he became a, uh, a sort of spiritual teacher when he came back from his five pil- pilgrimages. Um, we think he had a wife before he left for them, although he didn't seem to remember her when he got back. Um, did yoga, attracted followers. Essentially, he started uh, what today we'd probably think of as some weird cult, but back then, that's just how religion started. Mm, makes you think. Mm. Uh, that's Guru Nanak. <laughs> Thumbs up, guys. Uh, Guru Nanak, founder of Sikhism, uh, yeah. inventor of the turban. 
probably. I suppose it's worth making the point there that you're not insulting Sikhism no, I'm insulting any more than any of the other religions. <laughs> exactly, that's yeah. what I'm saying. You're being completely uh, even-handed there. Yeah. And in fact, I devout atheism, not... I find just as ridiculous as any of those positions. So if you're devout in your belief or disbelief in anything that you cannot prove, then you have too much time on your hands. Okay. I found choosing a death for today very difficult. Mm. Uh, there was a very weird run uh, all the even years in the 80s mm. it was all a bit berserk so I'll read them all out to you okay and you can take your pick right <laughs> okay. yeah. on this day the 15th yeah. of April in 1980 yeah. Jean-Paul Sartre <laughs> yeah. 82 mm-hmm. Arthur Lowell <laughs> 84 yeah Tommy Cooper. Oh, it's all the impressions. <laughs> 86. Yeah. Jean Genet. Okay, that's just Sartre without a French novelist. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> 88. <laughs> Kenneth Williams. I oh, know. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Somewhat tragic, no? That's all the impressions gone in. So, yeah, you can have years. French philosophical novelists and uh, philosophers and that. Uh, or you light can have all your light end favourites. That's it, really. Let's have a bit of Tommy Cooper. Really. Tommy Cooper's got the best story, doesn't he, for how he died? Oh, yeah, classic. Uh, if you don't know the story of how Tommy Cooper died, um, he uh, had decided to leap Cheddar Gorge <laughs> on a motorbike. <laughs> <laughs> he had a heart attack on stage. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think we've done enough. Yes, we do. I think I think the people, people. <laughs> I think we've given them too much crazy and excitement for one day. Yes. And you know, we're in lockdown. No one wants that much excitement. No. Um, Just a little relief all... from the mundane. Yeah. But having it's ordered, all... have you had that thing yet where you ordered something for yourself, then forgot about it, then it turned up on the doorstep, someone running away from you, and having left it there. You know, Ooh, what's this? Oh, it's that thing I ordered weeks ago. No. Bye. Really good. <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs> cool what was it uh it was a book by stephen volk who wrote ghost watch and uh afterlife and lots of horror stories and he's it's his thing about screenwriting horror in the 80s and it was very exciting oh and viz i subscribed to viz while struck oh week. yeah brilliant is that right i um i've bought a book uh because of date fight oh really because of date fight later this week Really? Yeah, because of Date Fight the day after tomorrow. So mm. tune it because it's really good. It's the best story I've I've had on Date Fight in ages. That's good because so the day after the tomorrow I've got a really bad one. Oh, that's fine. I've got a great one. We'll see you <laughs> hey. then. Well, we'll see you tomorrow. Bye bye. Yes, bye bye.